0: Is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show The Walking Dead. Good evening, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 120 for Monday, August 26, 2013. Wow. 12 yeah. times 10.
1: 120.
0: One twenty. Good for you. <laughs> every Every day from now on, every podcast, we'll do some math to arrive at our our episode number. And sure. Instead of announcing the number, I'll just get you to throw out an equation, and the answer will be the number that we're on. Please solve for X. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you just be ready next time.
1: Sure. <laughs> I won't remember.
0: Yeah, I know. That's the way it goes. But you can think on your feet. You'll come up with something. Um, so we have lots of fun stuff to announce on the podcast today. Cool. Cool. And not only announce, but also discuss. Okay. And uh, But first, I have to wish you a National Dog Day. National Dog Day? Yeah. Last time it was National Elephant Day. Oh, yeah. Right. I think I think August uh, is kind of an animal-friendly type month, so now we're at National Dog Day. Nice. And um, you and I aren't really, well, we're not dog owners. No, we are not dog owners. I don't consider myself a dog person, per se, but I, I think dogs are okay.
1: I want a dog. You do want a dog? I I would love to have a dog. Yeah, walk him and pet him, and he would carry a stick, and he'd be the branch manager. (laughs) Now you have cats, though. I have two cats. Yeah, we can't get a dog while we have the two cats. Well, lots of they would never talk to us again. Lots of lots of dogs and cats live together though. Yeah, not my cats. Not your cats. No, my cats barely tolerate me. Do you or Lily? Lily barely tolerates. Rosie
0: likes me. Have you? Have they encountered dogs before? Do you know what, they, uh, what how they would
1: react in the face of a dog? Yes. They would hide in the deepest, darkest hole that they could find in the house. So you don't think they would get used to it after a while? No. Nope. They would find the deepest, darkest hole, and they would stay there until they starved to death. Okay. So no dog for you? From, no, they until... would not like the dog. Even, like, a puppy would be worse, and we'd want to get a puppy. Sure. Uh, Puppies grow up, though, you know. I know, but uh, by that point, the cats would be dead because they would starve to death. Lily would just, she would crawl into a hole that would uh, not be very uh, apparent because she would probably fit into a hole that's smaller than we think she could get into. Right, you'd never find her again. And we'd never, we'd find her and she'd be like a dead cat in that hole. We had, we used to have a cat and when
0: we moved into this house, the cat came and we didn't see the cat for two solid days, maybe three solid days. We knew she was in the house somewhere, but she just didn't like moving. Yeah. New new environment. She found somewhere and just stayed there, crammed in for two solid three three days maybe, and uh, eventually came out to have some food. Now, she may have come out in the night because we were putting food out and water out, obviously. Yeah. So she may have come out to eat
1: and drink. I don't really remember it. But... She should have because three days without food, a cat would get to uh, go into liver failure and die. Three days, really? Three days. Well, she must have then. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But we
0: basically didn't see her for, for that long. Yeah. But anyways, today's not National Cat Day. It's National Dog National Day. National Dog Day. I would love to get a dog. I am okay with the idea of getting a dog. I just want my kids to be a little bit older first. Right. They're a little bit young, in my opinion, for a dog. The way I see dogs right
1: now, I like other people's dogs. You should get a Newfoundlander.
0: No, that's uh, far too big for this house.
1: But they're so well-mannered.
0: I kind of like pugs, to be honest pugs with you. Pugs are nice. Pugs are fun you get dogs. five or
1: six pug, pugs, you got yourself uh, a little dog football team. Just one will do. <laughs>
0: no, you mean a little football dog team? <laughs> well, what did I say? A dog football team? Yeah. What's wrong with that? <laughs> well, they're not going to play football. They look like footballs.
1: <laughs> no, they would. No, I, that's what I mean. They would be. They would play
0: football. They'd be like a a dog football team. I think they're football dogs. You Put a little helmet
1: on them. That'd be awesome.
0: Anyways, when they're, then they're when they're older, maybe a dog will enter this house. I don't know. I'm a bit allergic to dogs, so I'd have to figure something get out there. Um, right now though, I like other people's dogs. Other people's dogs I can pet them, awesome. I can say hi, I can, you know, hang around, we can play with them and then Shake they go
1: home. Shake a paw, make them roll over and Exactly. get the hell out of here before you eat something or poo on something. The
0: same way I feel about other people's babies right now. Yes. I love babies, but I've had my own and, uh, I don't need another one. And all so, done with babies? All done with babies. Yeah. So when someone, if someone comes over with a baby, it's fantastic.
1: But then they go home. Yeah. Take your baby with you when you leave. Please do. <laughs> Anyways. I had a, I had a roommate that had a dog that was half uh, black lab, half greyhound. And uh, it was big, black, fast, and dumb, and just so stupid. And greyhounds if, are are stupid dogs, I've heard. And if he uh, if he ever got out, which he got off the leash a couple of times, he mm-hmm. was gone. Yeah, like, just, this was a fast dog. Well, sure, greyhounds are they're speedy little suckers. He was great because uh, we spent a lot of time in the basement, and we didn't have a doorbell, and he would tell us when the pizza guy got there. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best thing ever. A Otherwise, of, we'd have to sit upstairs without a TV waiting for the pizza guy. <laughs> a lot of dogs are like
0: that. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> They'll just let you know when someone's at the door. Exactly. And in your case, it was probably a pizza guy most of the time.
1: Yeah, or the Swiss chalet guy. It was, <laughs> it was a toss-up, really.
0: Yeah. Never the Chinese food guy? Oh, no. I was too expensive. We were uh, three guys that were dirt poor at the time. Oh, Swiss is expensive now, though. But yeah. anyways, that's a whole different thing. So to all the dog owners and dog lovers out there, happy National Dog Day. Go walk your dog, celebrate, play with your dog, and uh, have a good old time. Okay, Jason, first announcement of the podcast coming right now. Hit me. So, Walker Stalker Con is happening in Atlanta on November 1st to 3rd, 2013. Mm -hmm. This is organized by James and Eric from the Walker Stalkers podcast, which if you haven't listened to, I recommend you go and check them out. They're a great Walking Dead podcast. They're just killing it down there. Mm -hmm. And they are organizing Walker Stalker Con. I don't know when they started. But it's coming up soon. It's at the very beginning of, beginning of November. Mm-hmm. And I am excited to announce Me officially too. that you and I will both be attending. We're going. We are going down to Atlanta. It's not my first time in Atlanta, but it's it'll, my be, first time. it'll be my first time outside of the airport in Atlanta. So oh, that's nice. For all intents and purposes. What did it's you FedEx yourself? The somewhere? First time. Uh, I stopped there on the way to Costa Rica and back. Oh, right. Okay. So never left the airport.
1: Change planes. Atlanta, that's where the FedEx hub is, right?
0: Um, I think so. It's where Coke has their head office, Coca-Cola.
1: We're going there, right? Uh,
0: I don't know if we're going to have time, but we'll see. We'll see what we can we'll do. We'll take a lighter
1: flight on Monday. We'll go to the Coke factory in the morning.
0: Okay, well, here's the thing. <laughs> okay, we'll figure that out. <laughs> I also think it would actually be beneficial for us to get a car and drive up to Sonoy where they filmed the show. Or oh. down. I don't, I don't know which. I think it's down. I think it's south. Drive over to. Yes, drive to. Uh, you know, the way the trip looks right now, I'm not sure we'll have time to do that, but it does kind of seem silly to go all the way there and then not go see Woodbury or what's left oh, Okay,
1: of it. this is going to be a little bit of a, a thing to plan, but we, yeah, we got to figure it out.
0: Right. So we'll figure that out after. Anyways, those are the details. It's most important that we are going to be there. We are. Uh, it's going to be super, super fun. Now this, if you don't know Walker Stalker Con, go to walkerstalkercon.com for all the information. They've got some amazing people coming, confirmed. Mm-hmm. Lauren Cohan, yep. Norman Reedus, Chandler Riggs, Sarah Wayne Callies, Melissa McBride, who plays Carol, amongst lots of other people. Um, other people from The Walking Dead, they've got other sort of horror uh, actors and actresses. Danielle Harris from Hatchet, for example. Um, who else? Uh, we got Judith O'Day from the original Night of the Living Dead. We've got cool. uh, Jay Bonansinga, the author, author of The Walking Dead novels. All kinds of people: uh, Travis, Love, Vincent, Ward, Theodis, Crane. You know the uh, Lou Temple, the guys who played the the prisoners there in season uh, season yep. three. So, all kinds of amazing guests. There are more announcements to come. They're not quite done yet, and uh, I think it's going to be a really, really exciting time.
1: I'm very excited about going.
0: So, if you're going to be there, we want to meet everybody. We want to meet everyone that's listening. We want to meet just. Everybody we can Say all the hi. humans that are going all the humans bring your
1: dog hang out yeah why not meet your he, dog if you can get your dog in bring him in I'd love to meet him or her
0: <laughs> why not um, it's just gonna be it's just gonna be so much fun so we will be down there it's November first third in Atlanta Georgia if this is your first time hearing about it go to walkerstalkercon oh Melissa Cowan and uh, yeah exactly you are
1: gonna meet her totally did you, did you name her
0: I did not. She played Bicycle Girl in yeah. season 1. We interviewed her on the show all those years ago. Yeah, we got
1: to meet her for sure. For sure.
0: See if she remembers us.
1: <laughs> I'm
0: sure. Who wouldn't? Who? I remember us? Yeah, well, that's hard to forget. Chandler Riggs, did I say Chandler? Yeah, yeah he's, he's coming. coming. So, it's it's going to be fantastic and we hope to see you there. Now, the second half of this announcement is we will be taking part in a Walking Dead podcaster's panel mm-hmm. at the con. I don't know what day it's going to be on yet, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Um, If I had to guess, though, I'd probably say Friday or uh, Sunday. Saturday will probably be the main busy day, and that's, I think, when most of the celebrity guests will be there. Right. So, you know, they'll probably tuck us in there somewhere on Friday or Sunday. It's going to be us. It's going to be Jason and Karen from The Walking Dead cast, whom we cross over with a lot, Mm -hmm. uh, at least at the end of every season. Uh, James and Eric for the Walker Stalkers, of course, and other Walking Dead podcasters who you know are yet to be confirmed, but are going to be coming down. Cool, it's going to be so awesome! Like I'm I'm super excited. I'm super excited too. Yeah, you know, we just finished uh, Fan Expo here in Toronto, which we'll talk about in a minute. I've been to New York Comic Con twice. You were with me one time, but I think I'm more excited for this than any of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Mostly because we're going to get to meet all these great people that we've only you know talked to online or or whatever. So. It's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. How many times can I say that?
1: Seven more times. It's going to be awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome,
0: awesome. Don't do it. There you go. (laughs) So uh, we'll provide more details on, you know, the panel and anything else we find out over the coming weeks. But uh, the first weekend in November, right after, right after Halloween. Right after Halloween. And it's going to be fantastic. Okay. Update on our short story contest. That's next. Yeah. So, as we announced last time, in case you missed it, the official deadline for en- entries is Sunday, October the 6th, 2013 at 11.59 p.m. It's a week before the Season 4 premiere. You can get all the information at com slash short hyphen story hyphen contest. Short story contest with hyphens. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> And, uh, as we said, of course, the winner will be announced on our podcast for season four, episode one on October 14th. Now the new information here is that the official grand prize for the short story contest has gotten a whole lot more special. Oh yeah. Do you remember what the grand prize is?
1: No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's because it wasn't special at all before. Actually, I shouldn't say that. It it's was very. There's a bag
1: of some kind, isn't it? No, nope,
0: it's very. It was very special because <laughs> it's original uh, art print done by friend of the show Dave. Oh yeah, right. That's very special. It is. Um, he draws comics, and he did a short um, Daryl, you know, Daryl Dixon inspired comic of uh, of Daryl doing some stuff, and we've printed it out in three. 11 by 17 uh, panels, and it's sort of a triptych of of art. And it's really, really beautiful. Well, this weekend at Fan Expo in Toronto, which is our version of Comic-Con, I went and got it autographed by Daryl Dixon himself, Norman Reedus. So the lucky winner of our short story contest will receive this art print, original, one of a kind, autographed by Norman Reedus. Did you get him to sign your chest? No, uh, I did not. Um, I got him to sign this art, and that was it. And then I moved on. I shook his hand. That's cool. Said, you know, I'm a big fan. And uh, he was very, very nice, very friendly. They try to move people through pretty quick. But, you know, he was he took time to say hi and say how much he thought the artwork was amazing. And cool. I, I gave him a print, and uh, they put it up on the wall behind him. Nice. And so and then probably threw it out. I don't know, but whatever. At least, at least <laughs> you know, it was there for a while. It goes the into while. the archives.
1: I'm Hopefully, sure he has archives
0: that all this kind of stuff goes into. If I was in his position, I would keep archives.
1: I have archives.
0: I know. Of but, various weird things. But you don't also have screaming fans who give you stuff all the time.
1: Not all the time. Occasionally. I've been in bands where we've had fans and <laughs> they've, they've given us stuff. Okay. And, I, uh, you know, with uh, posters and uh, all kinds of, you know, paraphernalia uh, flyers and various such things that uh, I have all those in the archives. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. You're hanging on to stuff.
0: Yeah. So you and Norman Reedus aren't that different out- after all. No, that's true. We are the same. I don't think you have as many uh, screaming teenage girls. <laughs> no, there's the some very significant differences. <laughs> <laughs> not only your hairstyle. They, they are not trivial differences. <laughs> Non-trivial. <laughs> anyways that is i think very exciting i think it was cool it was fun to meet him and uh you know get this autograph so if you're a norman reedus fan this could be pretty special to get so get those entries in in our short story contest cool now before we leave the short story i'm going to play an excerpt from one of the entries really so the author introduces himself here so i'll let him do that and uh, he recorded it, so uh, I don't have to read it myself this time, which is, which is fun. So here we go.
2: Most Livable City by Robert Yoon. She found a vantage point in a skyscraper and traced a path through the crumbling buildings below. Pittsburgh was a good city because the downtown was triangle-shaped and therefore only needed three walls. Still, the walls were more like vertical landfills and couldn't keep everything out. A few biters stumbled around, occasionally raising their rotted heads to sniff the air. The alleys here were packed with cars and shopping carts. As she sipped her water, she thought about how only two years had passed. It was hard to believe. So much destroyed. The courthouse and city hall were just charred skeletons now. It was hard to believe what this bottle of water cost her. All her hair, or as much as she could cut off. It was shiny and black, and she missed it as soon as the knife cut through. Who knew what they were going to do with it? Maybe on the way back, she'd pass a scraggly, new society matron, wearing it as a wig. Maybe she'd see it on a figure burning an effigy, or on a decoy. But she didn't think much about the way back. Nobody did. She headed down into the narrows. No one passed through this neighborhood unchanged, and she killed two of the living and countless biters there. You just run, ignoring the sharp pain in your knees as your rotten sneakers pound against the concrete, pushing past that sharp pain in your side. Now there were streaks of blood on her face, rips in her cargo pants. The index finger on her left hand was gone now, replaced by a filthy bandage cut from her t-shirt and a throbbing, cloudy ache. She'd stumbled across a herd on a department store rooftop. If you're fast enough, it's best to flee down instead of up. The higher you go, the fewer escape options there are. If you run downstairs, the biters sometimes fall and pile up in choke points. It was enough to buy her a few seconds, but the fire escape railing was rusted and chewed up by gunfire. She caught her hand in it near the bottom and didn't even hesitate to draw her knife.
0: All right, that was an excerpt from Most Livable City by Robert Yoon. Cool. An entry in our short story contest. Uh, so go to com slash short story contest with hyphens and for all the information on how to enter, and uh, you could uh, have a chance at winning the original Daryl Dixon art signed by Norman himself. Yeah. It's super, super awesome. All righty, Jason, moving right along. <clears throat> we've mentioned that it was Fan Expo in Toronto this yep. weekend. Yep. You and I both went. We, I went on Sunday. You were there all four days. All four solid days. Wow. Thursday to Sunday. Now, I wasn't there too much on Thursday and Friday because I do have a day job. So I could only go in the evenings. And Friday, it closed at 7. So what I did is I took my kids on those days, then spent the day there on Saturday by myself, and then you went with me on Sunday. Nice. Um, so Fan Expo, as I said, is kind of Toronto's virgin Virgin. Virgin. <laughs> <Almost> <laughs> virgin. Virgin. Version, version Of Comic-Con. Yep. It sort is, of. Yeah, it's, I mean, they aspire to be the same thing. And in fact, it's the third biggest event of its kind in North America, just behind San Diego
1: and New York Comic-Con. Well it's uh it's more than just comics, right? It's it's comics, video game, horror, sports and sports now. They do. They added a sports and anime
0: too. Yeah, anime. It's a multifaceted conference in that respect.
1: If you're a fan of something, <clears throat> this is the expo for you.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's <laughs> almost everything there. Video game companies show up as you said, um comics, uh you know, our our version of sci-fi, the sci-fi space channel, channel yeah. space channel was there, which makes sense. Um, strangely, right next to the Space Channel was a CSIS booth. That was a little weird. Which is, what is that? The Canadian Security Information Service or it's, something? Yeah, no.
1: it's the uh, it's like combination of uh, FBI and CIA. It's I our think. version of
0: the CIA. It's Canada's intelligence agency, yeah. CSIS.
1: They only operate externally. They don't operate internally. I bet
0: you guys in America didn't know we had a version of the CIA, <laughs> did you? <ya? laughs> yeah. <laughs> we barely do. But it was weird because they had a booth there. But when you think about it, that's kind of—I mean, they're, they're job recruiting, right? It's yeah. kind of strategic. You get all these nerds walking around who want to be spies. Why not go and see what CSIS has to offer?
1: I have, uh, my brother and sister-in-law lived right down the street from uh, Ceases. Yeah, well, then
0: he might, there might be an influx of nerds from Toronto (laughs) coming to work there. (laughs) Um, But there's, you know, Lego is there, uh, all kinds of things. There's a big artist alley, you know, where, where artists can, can show their stuff off. Um, It's, it's just like New York Comic Con, except there's a wider variety of, of things.
1: Maybe. I don't know. New York is pretty damn big, so... It's pretty big. There's a lot of stuff there, too. The convention center's laid out a little weird, though, right? They have the north building and the south building, and... And they're way too far apart. It's a heck of a trek to get from one end to the other. It's split right down the middle by a rail yard. Yeah. So the uh, the train station and all the joining rail tracks are all down there so you have to go over a bridge and then there's uh one is like way lower down than the other so it's like three or four escalators you have to go down it it, yeah the toronto convention
0: center is not an amazing venue for such a big event a smaller event is fine because it could be confined in one of the, the two buildings the north or the south building yeah but when you spread something across both yeah it takes forever to get from one to the other if you want to go back and forth a couple of times on a busy day, I mean, it's just crowded and it takes there's a long time. There's choke
1: points. and yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's not very well laid out. So if you're trying to escape a zombie apocalypse, it's probably a good place to go because they'll fall down and get choked. <laughs> yeah, they'll fall down <laughs> and
0: they'll just pile on top of each other. Uh, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of places where you could really get uh, trapped. That bridge that goes over the train tracks, what if zombies are coming in both ends? Yeah, you're, you're pretty much hooped there. You're screwed there. Anyways... Um, Fan Expo kind of aspires to be, you know, the, a big comic convention, and they do a pretty good job, but as we said, it has some some drawbacks. Now, uh, I went to the Walking Dead panel. You sadly couldn't get in because the line was too long. No,
1: because I got, uh, had to buy <laughs> tickets for Sunday, and they let us into the South Building, and then I had to make my way all the way to the north building. By the time I got there, the lineup was so long that it took me forever to even get close to the door, and they cut off a line, like, 20 people in front of me. Was it really only 20 people? It was pretty short. I didn't really count it, but it was uh, was not far.
0: Crap, because I had a seat for you in there, too. So if you'd just got in the door, even if if people cleared out and you'd sort of come through and snuck in, I would have had a seat for you. But anyways, it didn't work out for you, but I was there, so... Walking Dead people in attendance were Norman Reedus, Laurie Holden, Stephen Yeun, and Michael Rooker. And first thing, this whole panel kind of illustrates exactly what is different about Fan Expo in Toronto and New York Comic Con in New York. Those—that's the other one I have experience with because I've never been to San Diego. Right. It's the room it's in is laid out all wrong. It's a—it's it, big. But it's very long and narrow, like the big rectangle. Right. The theater in New York, whatever it was called, in the uh, Javits Center, is a big square. So there's a stage at one end, and then the seats can all kind of fan out from there, right? A big fan shape. So all the seats are in front of the stage, facing the stage. Now, they still have a couple of big video monitors so that people have a better view of what they're looking at. But in a square room, you can have most of the seats have a decent sight line to the stage right right in a big square uh, sorry a big rectangular room it doesn't work because either the stage is at one end of the rectangle and then the seats at the back are so far away there's just no point or what they did here is they put the stage along one of the long sides of the rectangle and so you have seats that are so far to the side, it makes no sense. You're just looking at a blank wall. Now, they put up video screens so you could see, but those people would have had no real view of the stage. They would have only been able to look at the video screens. Well, that sucks. And, you know, maybe this isn't so much a knock on Fan Expo because they, they're, they have, they're stuck with the rooms that the convention center offers, I guess. But it's just not the same. You know, the convention center doesn't have a room, it seems to me, that is laid out properly for this kind of event or this kind of volume of people anyway. Right. I think it would have actually been a better layout for them to put the stage at the far end and then have video screens, you know, halfway down or two of them, maybe one third and two thirds along the long distance. You've got audio issues if you do that, though. It's not big enough that it would delay, I don't think. You don't think so? It's not like an outdoor giant park. Yeah, because it wasn't that big, but it was big in all the wrong ways. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, So, yeah, I was lucky enough to get a decent seat where I was kind of by a video screen, but I was right in between a video screen and the stage. So I could have a sort of a pretty good view of of either, which was nice. So I could get a nice up-close big view of people when they're talking, but I could also look to my left and see the stage a little bit better. So Fancy. Um, I was kind of lucky in that respect. Now, the panel itself, again, it was small potatoes compared to what we saw in New York. Remember in New York, there was at least six or seven cast members, Kirkman, a couple of producers, you know, and hosted by a semi-celebrity and Chris Hardwick. Right. Here, we just had the four people I mentioned and nobody else. So, you know, Kirkman doesn't come to Fan Expo. Producers from AMC don't come to Fan Expo. Showrunner doesn't come. Uh, Just some of the actors who happen to show up this year are
1: there. Well, how the heck do we get them to come here? Like, what do you got to do? I don't know.
0: I mean, the actors come because, for the most part, fans come to see stars. Fans don't come to see, you know, Galen Hurd. (laughs) Right. They might come to see Robert Kirkman, but they don't come maybe to they see. would
1: come if they had something to announce
0: yes and that's my final point about this they don't show anything new they don't announce anything exciting here in toronto they don't show you a trailer nothing. So this
1: is not a pivotal event this is not something where they show uh like to get uh, the world excited about something it's just a kind of a stop along the way
0: absolutely absolutely and and you know, the organizers of Fan Expo do the best they can with the actors, and that's fine. People love seeing the if actors. If it
1: gets big enough, it'll be, uh, it'll be a pivotal point, and they'll announce stuff. Well, if it gets big enough,
0: I mean, if it somehow surpassed New York in size, then maybe maybe they would. They'd have to... Uh, the convention center here,
1: I don't think, could support that.
0: No. Well, they've already maxed out the <clears> South <throat> Building, and that's where most of the action is, right? Yeah. Um, so it would have to... Change locations, and I don't know that there's another location.
1: Not convenient. There's stuff out near the airport, but God knows how you get out there if you're uh, living downtown Toronto and you don't want to take a cab or, or drive. Or
0: drive. Yeah, there's v- no subway access. It's bus, and it 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 wouldn't work. I mean, they could move it out there, but they'd sacrifice their their audience, yeah. right? Yeah. Their The number of people. Apparently, ninety to a hundred thousand people attended Fan Expo. Fun. Um, I don't know what the numbers for San Diego are like, but it's probably more than that. Now, the only good thing about having a smaller reach here is that, despite your trouble with the lineup, most of the time lineups are not insane at Fan, Exo, at Fan Expo. You can get into the stuff you want to get into. Right. Even New York, the first year I went, I had no trouble getting into pretty much anything. The second year, there was a big boom, and you and I had to wait in line for three hours— and then sit through all day worth of stuff just to get to the, yeah. the Walking Dead panel. That was the hardest day. And that was just mostly sitting. And mostly sitting and eating hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, and those crazy hot dogs. <laughs> right? But, like, you know, that it wasn't like that the first year I went. Only one year before where I showed up, you know, just before lunch or maybe around lunchtime and had no trouble getting into the theater and then watching a couple panels. Then Walking Dead was on. That was it. Huh. Um but I don't think that was the case the second year. So there's a sort of a nice thing about Fan Expo in Toronto that it's not so massive that for the most part, you can just walk into anything you want. Now, obviously the demand for Walking Dead was pretty big this year and you missed your chance, but that's a that's an exception. The other thing about that is the panel right after was a celebrity Q&A panel with Nathan Fillion. Oh. So a lot of that lineup For Walking Dead, which was the first panel of the morning, was filled with people who were going in for that, who were going to stay for Nathan Fillion. So you had those two big, big, big draw events back to back. Um, It just increased the load on that room, I think. So a little bit better organization on their part could actually alleviate the problem a bit, too. Uh, now, having said all that, should we talk about the panel? Sure, talk about the panel. I'll just happens. I'll just keep going a little bit. Talk about the panel. So it was Rooker, Redis, Yun, and Holden, as I said, and uh, it was kind of your typical panel. They didn't say too much. Did they I have a?
1: They I know they probably had a Q and A session, but did they say anything beforehand?
0: <clears throat> so it was hosted by one of the per- personalities from the Space Channel. Who? Oh. He, I think he was from their Inner Space show, which isn't that the like sci fi news j- show they do. I forget his name. All right, well, let's look that up. Yeah, look that up. Uh, and yes, he did some some brief Q and A with them before. Nothing really groundbreaking or anything like that. Although, you know, the four actors that were there, they did seem like they were enjoying themselves. They provided some decent answers. Michael Rooker is a freaking class clown. Right, that guy's never serious. He he's you know he he's spouting off, interrupting people, giving the crowd the finger, things like that. Right. But people love it. You know, it we was got fine.
1: Uh, A J Fry, Morgan Hoffman is the girl.
0: I, I don't recall his name. Teddy so. Wilson could have been A J Fry. I don't know. Goofy looking guy, big ears, kind of blonde, had a blue blonde, shirt on, <laughs> balding.
1: They both have blue shirts on in their pictures. No,
0: he, I don't think he was balding. He was young, younger. I I mean, people can bald when they're younger, but anyways. Anyway. Uh, so you know, Michael Rooker, we were they were the the people on stage acknowledged how poor la- the poor the layout of the room was. Right. There were people so far off to the side that it was pointless. Oh, that's great! The, the cast comes in and look around and go, "This place is crap." Well, and then they come <laughs> in and we're like, "Oh, you poor people over there! Like you're way over there." So they get up and they're waving to them, which you know the people on the sides really enjoyed, which is it's fine. Nice. But then everyone is cheering, and Rooker gets up and goes, "Shut up, you guys in front! We're waving to them." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that kind of thing was sort of. Sort of funny, right? Uh, so, anyways, I made some notes here about their their answers. Um, Redis at one point lamented that he's never going to get laid on the show. His character, I suppose, will well, never get laid that's on the too show. Bad. Who
1: knows? Well, we'll they blew up, up the that. tower. So, what are they going to do now?
0: Yeah, that's right. They have nowhere to go and sneak off anymore. Um, Steven Yun, he said this. He said the new season is going to be awesome for real believe me now scripts are awesome season four will show us something we've never seen before on tv really yeah no not really because after that he kind of was like ah, that statement was pretty strong he kind of amended <laughs> it and he said something we've rarely seen on
1: tv <laughs> right well what what could that be what would uh well let's first first of all let's uh talk about what you could put on tv that has never been seen on tv before well, that's that would require some thought. Without specific, like you know, you've nobody's ever seen me eat a sandwich in my kitchen, you know, like boring. But what kind of thing could they show? You know, uh, killing babies. Well, we've been over that last time yeah. or the time before. Um,
0: I don't know. They'll they'll come up with something. The point is, he said something you've never seen before on TV, and then uh, one of the other you know actors kind of amended that with just sort of saying it's it's. It's awesome. It's a variation on stuff. And then, and then Yun was like, Well, wow, you really deflated the impact of that comment. So <laughs> whoa,
1: whoa, whoa there, cowboy. <laughs> it's, yeah.
0: It's something you've rarely seen on TV before. Um, but, anyways, I thought it was interesting that he at least had the balls to say it's going to be amazing and you've never seen something so awesome before. I mean, it must be pretty good, then. you got to think.
1: I would I would hope so. I would hope so, anyways. Or, you know, maybe it's uh, a bunch of people sitting around a room drinking, uh, you know, a found, splitting a found Coca-Cola. Pickle juice. Drinking pickle juice. No, that's not so bad. But I'm just thinking if somebody found find a Coke can, right, and they pour out portions to like six or seven different people, and they spend 15 minutes uh, slowly savoring it while not talking. Nobody's ever seen that on TV before. Uh, it's going to be boring as hell, so let's hope that what we see is going to be exciting.
0: Maybe they'll call back to that dog food bit when they're actually going to eat the dog food this time. instead it's, of Now it's time. Now it's dog they're food time. They're ready
1: to eat the dog food. <laughs> Before, right. they weren't ready. We're not there yet. No. We're not eating dog food. But now we eat the dog food. That's what the new threat is. They're all forced to eat the dog food. You can make a nice casserole out of dog food. Like There's nothing stopping you from uh, making a nice uh, loaf, like a meatloaf. Like a shepherd's pie, maybe? Well, you need potatoes and corn. Layer of
0: potatoes, layer of corn, layer of peas, layer of dog food, layer of potatoes.
1: Something like that. Well, the the layer of dog food would be on the bottom. But there's no reason. If you have uh, peas and carrots and corn and potatoes. You're doing okay. You're doing okay. Like, there's no no reason to eat dog food in that case. (laughs) But if, uh, you know, you can make a nice meatloaf. Yes, you could. If you have enough ketchup. A little bread and a little dog food to
0: fill it out. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Lori Holden at one point said that, you know, they were talking about the number of deaths on this show because there are a lot, often more than other shows. And she said that killing people is okay if it serves the story, but doing it for shock value is cheap. Right. And people clapped at that. In fact, Lori Holden seemed to get the most applause of anybody because unlike the rest of the actors for the most part she answered questions seriously and had something interesting and poignant to say and people applauded that everyone else kind of goofed around they're a little just bit, trying to ham it up and they hammed it up a bit and they and everyone was laughing so right. it's you know different reactions equally valid i would say um and then rooker's rooker you know continuing on the Uh, discussion of people dying a lot he said that the walking dead is realistic with all the death because come on there's zombies around people are gonna die and lots of them so don't complain don't complain if your favorite characters are killed off is what he was saying it is realistic that people die in the zombie apocalypse and in you know real day-to-day life frankly well yeah (laughs) you know
1: tomorrow is not a guarantee no it's not
0: it's probably a pretty good guarantee that you won't get eaten by a zombie but that's true Uh, so here's some questions that fans from the audience asked at the panel. Okay, good. How long would you survive... He asked the whole panel. How long would you survive in the zombie apocalypse? In the real zombie apocalypse? Stephen Yeun said, I expect to be protected in the zombie apocalypse because I'm so likable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a really nice guy. So, uh, you know, people would protect me. They'd want to have me around is what he said. That's fair. And then the second question of the day was some douchebag asked if if they could <laughs> if they could on stage right then and there act out his two-page walking dead fan script <laughs> did did he did they do it no people Aww. booed him and the actors were just mouths gaping open like, I can't believe that guy wants us to read a script and act it out on stage. (laughs) And I can't believe he had the balls to ask that. Oh, come on. (laughs) Now, had they done it? Email it to us. You and I will do it. (laughs) Sure,
1: man. If you're listening, I'm sorry I called you a douchebag. Email it to us. We'll do your script for you. We'll do it. As long as it's, you know, it'd have to be a two-person script. We can't bring in any additional people. But uh, if we have to each do multiple parts, whatever. Whatever. It's going to be bad. In
0: fact... It could be an entry in our short story contest. All right. Yeah, send it in. It Script, can, it no can reason. Can, no, exactly. Script is fine. Send it in. Hell, poem is fine, For I guess. Yeah,
1: as long as it's less than 1,000 words and makes it in by the deadline. There you go. It qualifies.
0: All right, well, we'll, uh, we'll do it. And
1: in English. Did we specify that?
0: Yeah, we did. Okay, good. We did. <laughs> good. Uh, now, some guy then asked Stephen Yeun what, it's, what it feels like... Um, to be an Asian guy with a white girl on the show. Okay. And Stephen Yun thought for a second, and he said, "She feels like any other woman." And actually, <laughs> Asian guys and white girls happen all the time in real life. Yes, they do. And then they moved on, because <laughs> it was kind of dumb. Um, How does it feel? It was funny that the way the reason Stephen Young answered like that is because the guy worded the question funny. I don't know exactly what it was, but kind of sounded like he was asking, "How does um, how does um, um, uh, what's her name Maggie. Maggie? How does how does Maggie feel?" And then he kind of, you know, warped it into a being an Asian guy with a white girl.
1: So far, this panel sounds
0: pretty awkward. You know what, though, these questions. I'm kind of going to the funny ones. There were some okay ones too, but okay. it was it was a little awkward. You could tell that, like that kind of thing with Stephen Young, He was like, "What is wrong with you, man?" Yeah, no <laughs> you kidding. Know? I mean, people, it people of different you know ethnicities get together all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, here's a good one. Andrea. Someone asked uh, Lori Holden if Andrea will ever be back in flashbacks or as a ghost. Oh, and. To her credit, Lori Holden gave a definitive answer. She said, no, she won't be back. Andrea's story is complete. R.I.P. There you go. So how about that? Awesome. Someone gave a solid answer. A
1: a real, actual,
0: factual answer. I don't know if it's factual. She may not have any insight now that she's off the show into what they're going to be writing in the future.
1: Well, I guess somebody could change their mind and say, hey, we want to bring you back. But as it stands right now, that's the truth. Yes, I, I.
0: that's how she presented it. That's how it came off. Andrea will not be back. Her story's done. Awesome. And I, I am happy to hear that. Uh, somebody asked Norman Reedus how he feels about all the fan fiction that's out there and how that's exploded uh, since he's been, pl- be, been playing the character of Daryl Dixon. Right. And he kind of went on for a few minutes about how since he got this role that he thinks Twitter's become weird... And, uh, you know, Facebook has become weird because all of the strange crazies come out of the woodwork a little bit, and he's received some pretty crazy stuff, he 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 says. So the internet, he feels, has become a little strange. What do you mean become? Well, I—yeah,
1: but, you know. I feel that way about Facebook in general.
0: Sure, and you and don't— these, e- And these are people I know. And <laughs> they're not writing erotic fan fiction about you uh, that you know of. That's true. Unless you do know Okay, of but, it. but, yeah— Anyway, so Norman Reedus, he's had this for a long time since Boondock Saints, right? But I think since The Walking Dead, it's taken to a new level. Right. And he's pretty active on Twitter. But, uh, you know, I, he he just sort of said things have gotten weird with some of the stuff that's out there now and, you know, how it relates to me. So, I, you know, I, I, I got the feeling he was kind of being genuine yeah. in, in saying that, you know, that he just really feels that things are strange now. Things are strange. <laughs> Um. finally another interesting answer a very definitive answer from Laurie Holden somebody asked the whole panel if there's one character on the show that you would kill off who would it be Oh, and Laurie Holden who do you think she said <sighs> it's obvious once I uh, once I read it Daryl nope the governor oh. she basically said if I was a writer the governor would be dead already that's what she said. So That's I, fair. Again, I was like, you know, good, solid answer. She she didn't beat around the bush and and that's it. She also did kind of say that, you know, I love everybody else, so I wouldn't want to kill them off. <laughs> but but the fact that she said if I was a writer, the governor would be dead already kind of implies she thinks that they maybe have dropped the ball on the handling of the
1: governor's storyline. Oh, I don't know. About I that. think I think it does. I think she's talking as an outsider, as a fan of the show now, not not any kind of uh I don't think that was a reproach on the writers and about her not liking the character of the governor. No, I
0: I got the feeling she was sort of saying he should be dead. They're dragging this out.
1: Well, that's true, but I don't think that that's what she's saying. You don't think she would say that in public. No. At least not so soon after being removed. I think it's a yeah just a, a kind of a fan answer oh i hate that guy I wish he was dead sure kind of thing
0: she's the only one who answered the question everyone else uh kind of dodged it they didn't want to say you know i think somebody should die well
1: or, also know. there's the advantage of uh, she probably doesn't know what's going on mm-hmm. or if she does it's in the broad strokes right where uh the, well yeah, michael rooker doesn't probably know he's probably he's in the same boat right mhm uh so <sighs> Yeah, but the other guys, they, Steven and, and Norman, they know what's going on. They know who's alive, who's dead, what's happening. They've, they've wrapped up the first half of the season. Is that right? They have. Uh, yes. So they, they have a pretty—and they've probably seen outlines for the rest of the story. I'm uh, sure they've— Maybe, maybe not. I don't know if they get information other than when the script is finally delivered.
0: Yeah, as far as I know, they're currently in a brief break, um, filming break, because they finished the first half up to the mid-season finale. And they'll be back at it soon, probably doing the second half. But they might have scripts already for at least the first episode or two. Yeah,
1: probably the first couple, right? I would, I would think.
0: So you're right. They know what's going on where Lori Holden may have an idea because she still talks to people and so on. And it's not like she's that far removed from the show, but she's not there
1: filming anymore. Yeah, and there's a green room where they all hang out. Now, I'm sure if, if I was on the cast and I was killed off and I was in a green room with Norman Reedus, I'd probably be like, do you survive the season? Yeah, they have to be careful. You never know who's listening. That's
0: true. You know there are representatives from Fan Expo there that probably aren't supposed to say anything, but you get some volunteer kid. You know that could leak out pretty easy. Yeah. But you're right. They hang around in
1: green rooms. You know they're probably staying at the same hotel. Yeah. They're you know, probably they're in going the... for dinner kind of thing, or they exactly in a private dining room and they, they chat. They chat. Totally. So they're probably Facebook
0: each other. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Or they're they're people, Facebook. They're
1: each other's people. You think uh, Facebook employees get all kinds of weird insider information like this, like from celebrities? No.
0: I think, though, that these people have social media managers who generally manage their social media accounts. Um, Not as much on Twitter. I think a lot of celebrities do genuinely tweet themselves, but they don't run their own Facebook pages. Based on
1: the blowback I've heard from people tweeting stuff. Yeah, they do, the, they do this crap themselves. Yeah,
0: because they have no idea what's going on. Uh, so, you know, their people may communicate with other people's people. Right. Anyways, you're right. She probably has some idea, but she doesn't really know. So she can actually say something without, you know, without worrying that she's going to say something spoilery or give something away that she's not supposed to. Right. Um, and that was that, that was the walking dead panel. So just briefly before we move on, anything else about fan expo? what did you think
1: of the show floor? I thought it was fun. There was good stuff. Yeah. That's it. I, that's it. I bought, uh, I bought a, uh, what did I buy? I bought a robe that was Boba Fett mm-hmm. for my wife. She loved it. Boba Fett bathrobe. Boba Fett bathrobe with a hood. Yes. She loved it. She put it on as soon as I got home. Good. And she wore it for the rest of the day. Well, that's that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And then she wore it again this morning, well, before work. She's getting <laughs> she
0: didn't wear it to work.
1: No, but she wanted to. <laughs> yeah.
0: So she's getting use out of it. Well, that's she good. loves it. Uh, you know, I thought we've already kind of been over the problems with Fan Expo. Other than that, though, other than what we've already talked about, it was pretty good. I mean, I was I was sick of it by the end of the end of the weekend, but
1: that's the way it goes with these things. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the steampunk stuff. I came this close to buying a steampunk watch. Oh, really? It was 100 bucks. That's not too bad. It was a mechanical watch that looked very steampunk. I'm sure the, the people at the booth didn't make the watch. They're just kind of reselling watches that kind of look steampunk. You never know. But they were nice. Yeah, Good um i bought
0: some etched glassware some like oh, yeah. whiskey glasses did you
1: did you break them out and
0: uh yeah i i hoist, drank hoist a shot or whatever I,
1: you do with, with, with them
0: <laughs> i drank out of the assassin's creed one so i got an assassin's creed logo etched in one and an aperture science logo etched in the other nice kind of like those my kids liked all the my little pony stuff there was a lot of that there they enjoyed the Lego, of course, um, and they really enjoyed the pizza we ate while we were there. Oh, good. Yeah, my girls were kind of more excited about the pizza and ice cream we had for dinner than everything else. Well, but, it's a treat, right? You know, it's a treat, and they're six and four, so...
1: They well, look. yeah, and I, I think I mentioned this to you uh, when, when you were eating pizza that uh, you found delightful, uh, that, you know, being six and four at a fan expo, walking around in the big crowd, you don't get a whole lot of opportunity to see anything. Yeah. Because all you're doing is looking <laughs> at people like really close up and the lower half of them the lower too. half of them so there's uh <laughs> it really would be annoying yeah if you could like at least you know I'm tall enough to be able to mostly see the uh, in a distance right? right and then get closer see something interesting and then get closer and then r- work your way through the crowd till you get close enough to actually look at stuff mm-hmm. when you're a kid all you do is follow daddy around until you're close enough to see something right that's ah, got to be boring
0: yeah i i agree i mean they're not quite old enough to really appreciate it but uh, as long as I could get them two things like the, my little pony photo booth, that was, they enjoyed that and so, so on. I thought the, um, the playable demo of Assassin's Creed black flag looked really good. That does look good. But I told
1: my wife about that. She's very excited.
0: I am predisposed to, to like that though, because I'm a huge Assassin's Creed fan. So I'm buying it no matter what, and yeah. I'm going to play it and I hope it's amazing. Uh, if nothing else the water the flowing water effect in yeah. that game looked fantastic
1: my wife likes uh, assassin's creed yes and she likes pirates it's all in there it's perfect it's the perfect game for her okay she started uh, she was playing assassin's creed uh, 2 or uh, brotherhood or whatever it was and they didn't know how to didn't know what was going on story wise so she went back to the first one and started playing through that so I might have to. I don't know if I'll uh, jump her forward to play this one, or whether I'll just sit her down and say, "Okay, for the next seventy hours, you're playing Assassin's Creed to get caught up." <laughs> you should. You should play them all. I'm right up to date with all
0: five of those games, and um, I've got to finish three. I <laughs> there's bits about. It's been a year.
1: My God, man! I pre-purchased this at the New York Comic Con, and it's been a year since I purchased that game, and I still haven't finished it assassin's creed 3 yes what did i say no i don't know you might not have said oh assassin's creed 3 yeah yeah i gotta finish it
0: uh it's good it's i highly recommend it it's a good game i might even go
1: back into it and do some some other stuff i gotta finish bioshock infinite i gotta finish assassin's creed 3 and i did finish the uh, tomb raider game you finished minecraft too uh well not really and there's one boss that i didn't all right well put that aside for a while and go back to some regular games sure
0: uh, so that's it Fan Expo was fun next up is Walker Stalker Con in Atlanta and that's going to be the best of all of them it's going to be a hoot. hotel right now hoot and okay. a half actually yeah maybe a double hoot so we're going to take a quick break to thank the sponsor for this episode of the podcast when we come back we will have a little bit of listener feedback and before that the Walking Dead news so stay tuned
2: that you all see the love that's
0: sleeping While my guitar gently
2: waves I look at the floor And I see it needs weeping Still my guitar gently waves I
0: don't know why For you, the listeners of The Talking Dead, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial so you have the chance to check out their service. Jason, we have a listener
1: recommendation this week. We do. Why don't you let us know what that's all about? All right, so we have a recommendation from Heidi from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, So I just finished listening to Stephen King's Cell and highly recommend it. It's a new look into the start of an apocalypse that is delivered through the phone lines and makes people go mad. It has a real fast zombie-like feel to it and kept me on the edge of my seat the whole way through and comes in at 12 and a half hours. And from Audible, Audible, their description
0: is, the event became known as the pulse. The virus was carried by every cell phone operating within the entire world. Within hours, those receiving calls would become insane or die. In Boston, a young artist, Clayton Riddell, flees the explosive heart of the city. Clay's son has a little red cell phone, often out of juice. But what if this time the battery is full? Clay has to reach his son before his son reaches for the phone.
1: <laughs> there you go. So Stephen King. self. I think King I sell. read this. Did you? Maybe. It sounds awfully familiar, and I think I may have started it but not finished it. Well, frankly,
0: in my opinion, you cannot go wrong with Stephen King. He is one of the masters, and uh, 12.5 hours is, is a short one by his for standards. His, yeah, for Stephen King, it is absolutely short. So if you want to jump in, get your feet wet, and uh try it out the cell by stephen king or just sell by stephen king might be a very good option and to do that head over to audibletrial.com talkingdead talking dead that's audibletrial.com slash talking dead for stephen king's cell or any other free audiobook Walking Dead News. Okay, Jason, as promised, it's time to get caught up in the Walking Dead news. Cool, cool, cool. News. News. Yes, that's how you say it in this country. Uh, So, last night, during Low Winter Sun... Have you watched this show at all, by the way? I don't even know what you're talking about.
1: I got the last night part, but (laughs) after that, I'm
0: lost. Really? (laughs) AMC's new show, starring Lenny James, is called Low Winter Sun.
1: And I'm just hearing about this now? Yeah, I've
0: seen... I saw well. I kind of half watched the first episode. It didn't grab me right away. Lenny James, though. Lenny James. I've said on this podcast before. I will watch anything with Lenny James. I love Lenny James. So I must is admit, is he British in it? Uh, no, he's not British in it.
1: He's nope. American. Well, he's a British actor, right? So in real has, life, yes. So I'm just. I've seen things where he has his has an american accent i've seen things where he has his native accent and uh, i was just wondering no i he's not british but i've i do need to give the show
0: another chance because frankly he's awesome and it, it looked kind of interesting it also has the guy who played gail Bettiker on breaking bad oh
1: gail good old gail M- mr super delicious is what he's called in our household really he was in a commercial where uh he was i forget what the commercial was even for But he was a father, and his daughter said that uh, my teacher wants to date you. She thinks you're super delicious. Oh, Mr. Super Delicious. So from that point forward, everything he was in, uh, and I've seen him in a lot of stuff, he is Mr. Super Delicious. And we just watched the episodes where Gail was in Breaking Bad, and uh, as soon as he came on the screen, uh, Jenny yelled out, Mr. Super Delicious! (laughs)
0: Well, I, I would love to talk about breaking bad a little bit more because last night's episode Don't
1: I haven't seen it was
0: spectacular. Spectacular. But we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about Low Winter Sun. So this is the this AMC's new show. All right, is it available on iTunes? Uh that probably. Yeah. All their other shows are. All right. But the reason I bring it up is because last night they showed a preview for season four of the walking dead during one of the commercial breaks now amc had been teasing this for at least a few days leading up to it maybe a little bit more than that so i tuned in to watch this preview and i'm going to recap it for you right now all
1: right recap
0: the preview michonne comes riding up to the new prison gate on her horse there are some walkers around we see carl running down to open the gate for her Now, she gets into the inner part of the gate, but a couple of walkers get in with her. Okay, so Carl has not opened the inner gate yet, Um, so she's now in there with two walkers. She jumps off her horse, and she starts pushing them back, but she doesn't have time to get her sword out or anything like that. She's just kind of pushing them away and trying to hold them off of her, Right, Uh, and she looks like she's in some trouble. You know, and may need some help. So while she's doing this, Carl runs for a rifle. You see him running for a gun. And you see Maggie coming out of the guard tower. So either the repaired guard tower or one of the other guard towers. Right. Is Glenn there too? Uh, You don't see Glenn, but you got to assume he's in there. He's getting dressed. (laughs) He's getting his shirt on. That's right. Maggie comes running out. And she looks very concerned at what's going on. She yells, hold on. And we cut to Michonne struggling again. And the clip ends. Huh. So it was super lame. I'm sorry. It, <laughs> was it? It yeah. It that didn't, sounds
1: kind of exciting.
0: You can watch it after this. It uh it was nothing new. I mean technically it was new, but it was didn't show us anything, really didn't tell us anything. There was very there was no dialogue. There was just Maggie yelling, hold on. Um and I just felt like nothing happened. And I have a problem with this. Because I don't—maybe I don't understand marketing yeah. very well. But AMC had been teasing this preview clip of the of season four, which maybe is the wrong word, but whatever. They've been teasing this for a few days, building up anticipation, building excitement, like we're going to show you something cool. And then they show this, and it's stupid, and it's nothing, and it's lame. And it comes off like a huge, huge letdown, right? Why build something up so much to just to have it not meet expectations in my opinion and tell me if i'm wrong but wouldn't it seem to make more sense to build something up get people excited show them something that's maybe even cooler which will just increase their level of excitement and generate some actual positive buzz around this instead of let people down and disappoint them
1: well i think that the the when you say should have, you're presupposing that uh, this was a letdown for everybody. So this is action. This is zombie action. And it may have completely satisfied people's need to find out, uh, to to feel the intensity of The Walking Dead. And how do you feel the intensity of The Walking Dead? You have a situation where there's some walkers uh, that could kill you. Where somebody's in trouble and yeah.
0: you don't know if they're going to survive. I, I could see that. I mean maybe that's true. We've said on this show before that we are so close to the walking dead sometimes that it's hard to see the forest for the trees, right? But
1: you wanted a plot point of some kind, right? Like this is just an action thing, nothing really happens um, uh, because you, it never gets resolved. Well, I know they're not going to really give me a plot point. They're not
0: going to spoil anything, but there's there's you know the I mean hell, this was 45 seconds and the the trailer from San Diego was minutes. Obviously, there's a lot more in four minutes, right? And it's a whole yeah. different thing. But that thing was exciting. That thing raised questions. That thing got your anticipation juices flowing a little bit. This didn't. And, and I don't think it's because it was only 45 seconds. I think they could have done something in there right. without giving away plot that was at least equal to the level of buildup that they delivered. You know, if this is what it was, and it was a surprise or no one knew it was coming, or the only announcement they had was um, just at the beginning of Low Winter Sun, stay tuned, in 20 minutes you're going to get a sneak peek or something like that. Expectations would have been so much lower. But, you know, they're trying to get people to watch Low Winter Sun, so they have to tease The Walking Dead and cross-promote their shows. I get that. So why not make it something cool? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You know? It, it instead of coming off feeling kind of ripped off and let down i'd be like even more excited about the season and i don't i don't get that i don't get who sits around the marketing t- table and goes i know guys let's show them something super lame after we tell them it's going to be amazing right 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 you know so uh i put uh I, I got three resp- uh, responses on our Facebook page here from it. And I think for the most part, people kind of agree with me.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Totally. I mean, you know.
0: Hey, if you've got a different feeling on this or you're a marketing genius out there and I'm way off base, write in at talkingdebpodcast.gmail.com at gmail.com and let me let us know. Let me know where I'm going wrong here.
1: Non marketing geniuses need not apply. <laughs> right. There's <laughs> enough of them around here already. Right. You just, if you're a marketing genius, or and, y- and please provide your uh, IQ test scores. Well, at least your credentials. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, you know if no if but if 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 you do have a different explanation for this or some way to justify the, justify it better, let me know. I would be interested in hearing about it. But Robin on our Facebook page posted, "Oh my God, I waited days for this and five seconds. <laughs> I need I need more." She said. Beth on our Facebook said Facebook page said, "Meh." Wasn't that great? Needed more Daryl. <laughs> right. Which, you know. That's fair. I, I'm not i am not going to I don't even think that is fair, but needs more something. Daryl is a good option, though. And finally, Troy said, did I miss it? I watched the show, which I didn't like, and I didn't see a preview. <laughs> <laughs> so I think maybe he blinked and oh, uh, he missed it because it was there. Read the first one again. Oh, my God. I waited days for this and five seconds. I need
1: more. Actually, she made a typo. I neem more. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure she means need. Right. Okay, <laughs> I'm just, I wasn't entirely sure that she agreed with you because that's what the point is of this teaser is to get people to need more. Okay, leave them wanting more. I,
0: I get that and that's yeah. thats important, but, you know, there's a fine
1: balance. There, there. is a fine balance, of... but you're never going to satisfy everybody, right? If you get people interested to go whole, uh, you know, maybe somebody who is uh, not really into The Walking Dead, this was for them. Like, the you know, this is a taste of the kind of thing you will see if you watch The Walking Dead. Because mm-hmm. this is a, a preview on a different show, right? It's supposed to, it's yep. trying to, it's not trying to garner interest in people that are, A, love the show and are going to watch it anyway. Or B, us, who, let's face it, doesn't matter what they do, we're going to watch the show. Absolutely. Right? They could, they could really seriously tank a lot of things. We're still going to watch the show. Well, like we're at, in it till the bitter end. At this point, it's our duty. Yeah, we're yeah, we're in it till the bitter end, regardless. So it's not mar- it's not marketing towards us. It's marketing towards people that are, you know, maybe have heard of The Walking Dead or kind of uh, you know I've let's this show walk the The Walking Dead uh, really is getting a lot of uh, you know play on on such. And this is just a kind of a hey, or even the casual
0: viewer who's flipping around and happens to tune into Low Winter Sun. Right. You know, they see a, it's a cop show. They see a cop show. they like, like cop shows. Yeah, exactly. So they start watching it. They see this teaser for Walking Dead and we're like, hey, I like zombies too. I didn't know there was a zombie show and that's it. So you're right. There are those options. It's just my opinion. They could have done it better. Next item in the news. Uh, you brought it up earlier, actually, and we talked about it briefly. They finished shooting the mid-season finale. Right. Uh, So we don't need to go in depth on that. Um, I will have a quote here from Norman Reedus that reiterates what Glenn said. He said, I will say that we just wrapped the mid-season finale. It's mind-blowing. Minds are going to blow up. It's so crazy. It's so good.
1: You thought last season was real good. This season's crazy good. It's nuts. You'll love it. (laughs) It's going to turn your medulla oblongata into an explosive device. Your mind will be blown. (laughs) Hyperbole
0: at its best. <laughs> uh, but related to this story, Reedus Instagrammed the photo around this time, the finishing of the filming. Was it sepia? Uh, was it old-timey? What was, no. What was the filter? I don't know that he had a filter on it, but he Instagrammed it. Why, why
1: you Instagram something without a filter?
0: It was... Uh, <laughs> why you do that? <laughs> well, it was a it was a dark nighttime shot of a dinner. So, it was, so I don't know adding a filter would really make it better because it's already right. pretty dark. But it's a dinner, and it's a well-known fact that the cast of The Walking Dead has death dinners. When a character is killed off, everyone goes out for dinner, they celebrate, oh. they say goodbye.
1: Was this a, an on-set dinner or a, a kind of going to a restaurant dinner?
0: Uh, you couldn't really tell from the pictures. I am also very skeptical. People seem to think that this was a death dinner, and so now they're making the jump that, well, somebody dies in the mid finale, which probably isn't that much of a stretch to think that could happen. You probably know? the governor. Laurie was right. No, I, I think the governor may return in the mid finale, in my opinion. But anyways, people seem to think this is a death dinner, but I am skeptical for two reasons. One, uh, no, they're both the same reason. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one reason here. All right. Involving two people. Uh, The two fo- the two people you can see in these photos, other than Norman Reedus, are John Bernthal, a character who was killed off a long time ago,
1: and yeah, an actor that was killed off, John Bernthal. Uh, sorry,
0: John Bernthal. But no,
1: the actor wasn't killed. Let's get this straight: you, an actor who played a character that
0: died. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. John Bernthal and Sarah Wayne Callies, right? Both killed off some time ago. Why so, are they at this dinner? That's my question. So this is, you know, maybe maybe people come back for death dinners. Maybe ah. they all gather and have a good old party. That's a good idea. That'd be nice, actually. It would be nice. But I think it's probably unrealistic. They're doing other things. John Bernthal's shooting movies. Sarah Wayne Callies is doing something. Um, so I'd be surprised if they always came back. So either they did, and he was like, hey, it's you guys again. So I took some pictures, and he posted them. Or... These are old, death dinner pictures that he's just getting around to posting now, and it really has nothing to do with the mid-season finale.
1: Or, uh, John Bernthal and Sarah Wayne Kelly's were in a flashback, and she was full of crap at the panel. No, that was Lori Holden. Oh. Um, but
0: John oh, Bernthal yeah, right. and Sarah Wayne Kelly's have both been the, the subject of flashbacks already. They have, Yes. Yeah, so, in theory, that could be true, too. But... What I'm saying is, I don't think these photos probably old. are any indication of anything that's going to happen in the right. mid-season finale. Right and if click. someone does die, you know, it, it 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 might have it
1: probably has nothing to do with these pictures. All right, so go to uh if he posted these on Instagram himself. Yep, right. You can download the photo and check the EXIF data. Does it, does Instagram that's my question. Is that, that does it uh, does it maintain that data? Like the uh, doubt it. Well, why wouldn't it? I mean, it has copyright information. It has uh, the camera that was used, the f stop, the aperture, uh, shutter speed. It has uh, all that information. It has a thumbnail, which can get you into trouble. Like if you take a topless photo of someone and then crop the photo and then post it on uh, online, make sure you check the EXIF data because that full photograph will be in the thumbnail. That's gotten people in trouble, like who? Uh, you? I forget it. Not me, but oh. like a, some famous actress. I forget who exactly it was. I can. So always check the thumbnail data. Always check the thumbnail data, or scrub the EXIF data before you post it online. So I'm wondering if Instagram does that. You can check the EXIF data. If it maintains it, you can see when the photo was taken. Okay. It can be... You can change it. Like, obviously, there's programs out there where you can go in and modify the EXIF data to your heart's content. Uh So it's not reliable, but it is an indication of... uh, It can be an indication of when the photo was taken. In case
0: we've completely lost anybody here, (laughs) EXIF data is kind of like MP3 tags. Song name, album name. It's stored in the MP3 file. It's metadata about that describes the uh, audio.
1: Right. So this EXIF
0: data describes the photograph. Yes. So... Uh, okay, well, somebody go do that. See what happens. <laughs> I still maintain that these pictures have nothing to do with anything. <laughs> no, but if they
1: were taken two years ago. Right. Right? If it, if it has the that information and the, the picture was originally taken in 2004, then things are really weird because they probably didn't even meet then. Yeah. <laughs> Very weird.
0: Uh, two more items really quickly. The Walking Dead Season 3 is coming to Netflix.
1: It will debut in October. Nice. That's all we know right now. My mom will be pleased. Oh, is she watching on Netflix? Uh, no, but she's planning on watching Netflix because she wants to get caught up on a lot of stuff like this. Oh, and okay. for eight bucks a month, totally how worth can it. you go wrong?
0: Totally worth it. Um, Mike Satrazimus, the director of photography, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but it's the best I can do. He was interviewed and he said, uh, asked about what his favorite type of scenes are because he's the DOP, asked what his favorite scenes are. He said, I've always been attracted to the show because of the story. So anytime we isolate a couple of characters and get to tell the story that's underneath this comic book apocalyptic show, that's fun for me. So the internet ran wild with this too and decided that he was revealing to us that in season four, there would be more standalone or one-off type episodes involving smaller groups of characters similar to the Morgan episode
1: in season three called Clear. So, okay. Well, the internet is crazy. Let's just you know put a pin in that Mm -hmm. uh when they asked the question was it uh, what's your favorite type of scene in this show or was it just like as a professional director of photography what kinds of things do you like well i mean the interview is about his work on the walking dead so the question
0: was what's your favorite type of scene to do in the walking dead okay you know is it big zombie attack scene is it quiet mm. character moment, stuff like that. I'm just
1: wondering if he's drawing from his entire uh, you know, uh, history of working in the industry and going, these are the kinds of scenes that I like, and then relating it back to the show. Like, I like those kind of scenes, like in The Walking Dead. Right. Not, doesn't mean that so it doesn't necessarily mean that this is the kind of thing we're going to expect. I, just, I don't draw a direct correlation between those two. No, not at all. Just
0: like Norman Reedus' photos, there isn't really any correlation. But what I wanted to ask you is it's an interesting question nonetheless do would you like to see more of these types of smaller one-off episodes or uh, standalone type episodes because clear was a lot of people's favorite episode of last season and i think it was very very good
1: however i'm not sure i want to see more of that i liked them and they're called bottle episodes Oh, really? Yeah, they're called, they're, uh, when you go outside of the main storyline and you take a, a look at a, a, a subcast, basically you yeah. take a, a few characters from the cast and you place them in a, an isolation and then you have an entire story about that. They're, you know, a bottle episode. Makes sense, keep it in a bottle. Yeah, so uh, I do like bottle episodes because they, they are a change of pace, which is good. I like, uh, you know, when when you have a, a certain pace of, of television show, having something that uh, changes that up just to, to keep you, you know, interested. I like that kind of thing. So do I want to see a lot of these? No. Do I want to see more of these? Would I like to see another one? Yes. Would I like to see, you know, lots and lots and lots and make everything a bottle episode? Not really. But they could do that, right? There's no reason why uh, you can't have a television show directly... Uh, you know, related to bottle episodes. Every episode is a new cast of characters in this world.
0: Yeah, that's fine if you
1: sort of start that way, right? Yeah, Tales from the Crypt, uh, you know, uh, what are they called? That show you really like with the space-time... Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. Zone. The thing is, though,
0: yeah, those are... Each episode is standalone. There's no running, continuing story, right? Um, But in a show where there is a continuing narrative, you can still do these bottle episodes... Just not too much, right yes that's that's kind of my feeling on it right now, I mean, was there another one in season three other than this Morgan episode? I don't think so, probably not really. We kind of split our time between prison and Woodbury, so we did have those different casts and different things going on yeah but but they went back and forth usually within the same episode, right yeah. I think there was one episode, maybe near the beginning of season three, where it was all in Woodbury, or at least
1: ninety. Yeah, they did that, but those those are not really bottle episodes. Right? No, they're just it's just, uh, it's just a, a storytelling style, right? But yeah, this was definitely the Morgan a Clear was a, was definitely a a bottle episode, and I would like to see more of these. I thought it was fun. I'd be
0: fine with with one or two a season. I think it's, ah, that's
1: even too much. Maybe one. A well,
0: season. well, that's what the question: is do we want to see more of them? And I guess my answer is not really, but if they did two in a season one in each half I'd be okay with that I mean I do see these episodes as a good way to reveal m- new information about your characters that you just might not get a chance to when you have the whole ensemble there all the time and everybody's and you and you have to split time between everybody and everybody's different storylines right when you separate them out you can you can write the characters a little bit more and flesh them out a little bit more and you know, that would be fine if they do it
1: twice a season. Uh, I would like to see once every couple of seasons that they mm. do this kind of thing.
0: Don't forget, there's 16 episodes. That's a lot of episodes every season.
1: Yeah. I know. I'm taking that into account. All right. So you for don't... you, it's a real rare thing. Yeah, it's, you a, wanna... it's a rare treat that I would like to see, I would like to have and uh, metered out uh, so that we don't get tired of this kind of thing because it can get really boring.
0: Sure. Sure. A show like um, Castle for example, is funny, because it just occurred to me that Castle does have an ongoing storyline, but the ongoing storyline kind of is more the bottle episodes, and the rest of the show is... Monster of the Week.
1: Monster of the Week, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: exactly. They they have both, but they
1: have mostly bottle episodes, kind of. They break out the ongoing storyline uh, during sweeps. Yeah, of course. So that that's basically it you know so that they get people interested so that they watch their show during the time when the ratings are calculated i guess like x-files too x-files was like that it's certainly at the beginning anyways mostly no Monster, all the way through they had uh, there were three types of uh, of episodes go to the wikipedia page for uh, uh, for x-files it describes everything they have Monster of the Week that don't have anything to do with the overall storyline. Mm-hmm. They have episodes that are sort of Monster of the Week-ish that touch on the overall Invasion storyline. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. Sorry. Should I? It's <laughs> been 10 years since yeah, X-Files is on the air. I'm going to let that one go. I haven't even watched till the end. I haven't watched the last couple of episodes. And then there's episodes that are strictly related to the ongoing plot of the Invasion. Right, right. So uh, when I was going back, I wanted to rewatch X-Files, right? It's hard but to do that, man. The Monster of the Week stuff is so boring. So luckily, Wikipedia breaks it down. If you want to watch the storyline episodes, these are the ones you need to watch. That's The interesting. rest are all just crap, and you don't have to watch them. <laughs> so those were the ones I was watching. Oh, good. It was great. That's interesting. Still got bored, still didn't finish. I have to watch the last two seasons because I've never seen them. I still turn it on. <laughs> all right. Well, that's that's interesting.
0: I would, I would would uh, I might try doing that, watching some of the... The uh, important X-Files episodes again. Yeah. I don't know. All righty. That is it for The Walking Dead news. We're going to wrap up with this. Listener feedback. All right. Just three quick things in listener feedback this week. From Facebook, Troy writes, I thought I'd give some serious input into this new threat the uh, makers of The Walking Dead have been teasing us with. And I think they reveal it or hint at it in the four-minute preview. Glenn and Maggie have a scene in the preview where he is suggesting that he and Maggie leave. It's a scene right out of the comics. However, I think the new threat that is worse than walkers or other humans is the splitting up of the group. What's the biggest threat that the group could face? The group splitting up and people leaving. It weakens the entire group and could make both the walkers and other humans a greater threat to everybody. So this kind of reminds me of when we first were talking about this threat, and we were thinking of what it could be if it's not something physical that you can kill or dispose of. And we were thinking, you know, it's an idea or something like that. That's kind of along these lines, right? People are going to split up and go their separate ways, and that's a threat because a smaller group is less people to defend it. Some would argue that a smaller group is easier to defend,
1: too. You never split the party. You don't, eh? You just just don't do it. You never, never split the party. Well, there you go. Then that could be a threat. They're
0: splitting up, and people are like, no.
1: They're dumbasses, and none of them has ever played D&D before. (laughs) All right. You never split the party. Because you're weaker. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. Someone always always dies. Always? Always. Well, not always, but...
0: Well, someone's bound to die if they split up this party. Uh, Justin from Singapore writes... In your trailer analysis, you mentioned that Michonne was looking at a map that pointed out Macon, Georgia. I believe you dismissed it as a simply a common city on the map with an Easter egg reference to the Telltale game. We did. We did. Uh, however, in the comics, Glenn is from Macon, and so there may be more to that scene than originally thought. Oh. And I went back and looked it up on the Walking Dead wiki, and indeed, Glenn is from Macon. He uh, he was born and raised there, according to the comics. So, nice. Macon seems to have made an appearance now in all of the main Walking Dead media, except maybe the novels. I don't remember if they mentioned it in the novels at I don't all. But recall. comic book, video games, and TV show. Um, so maybe something's brewing in Macon. That's cool. We'll
1: have to find out. But thank ju- you. And Justin, I've been to Singapore, and uh, I love it there. Well, very good. I've been there three times and loved it every time. You should go back and buy Justin a drink. It's been 10 years now. 10 years since I've been to Singapore. Jesus, man. And it's probably changed a lot in the last 10 years. Well, you should uh, start up the band
0: again and go on tour.
1: Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) Good times. No, the uh, the band leader has retired. She lives in
0: Florida now. All right. Well, you could take over the reins. I really, really don't want to. (laughs) I
1: really, really don't. I can't stress that enough.
0: Somebody, someday, hey, when we're at Walker Stalker Con, somebody asked Jason about the band he used to play in. (laughs) Kevin from the UK writes, on the last podcast, number 119, you guys were talking about the movie They Came Back. Although I have not seen this movie yet, I just wondered if you guys had seen the TV show called The Returned, which is an adaptation of the movie. The Returned is a French show created by Canal Plus, which tells the story about a small French mountain town where many of the dead reappear, apparently alive and normal, and how the townsfolk cope with seeing the loved ones they thought they'd never see again. The show is beautifully shot and accompanied by an amazing atmospheric soundtrack from Scottish band Mogwai. This is one of, if not the best TV shows I've watched since Lost, and it had me gripped from the opening sequence and wanting more at the end of each episode. So with that ringing endorsement, I am definitely going to seek out They Came Back, the TV version, because it sounds fantastic. That does sound good. I've seen They Came Back, the movie, and I liked it a lot, and I had no idea there was a TV show made (laughs) of it, so I'm totally going to search this out and watch it. And frankly, I used to be a huge Mogwai fan. So I'm gonna relive my glory days in the nineties when I was in my twenties. Oh, the nineties. <laughs> well, I was in my twenties, quite in the nineties. Very late nineties I was, I guess. Uh and uh and yeah, I'm excited. I'm glad. I'm glad there's a TV show, and apparently it's really good. <laughs> what do you think? You're gonna watch it?
1: Well, I'd like to check it out too.
0: Okay. <laughs> you find it, share it with me, and I'll watch it. Very good. It's French. You have to read subtitles. I, I like subtitles. Yeah, they're better than dubbing, that's for I sure.
1: know how to read, and I much prefer uh, subtitles to, than overdub. Yeah, me too. I lived in a country for a while where
0: all the American movies were dubbed, and it was just horrible. Just horrible. <laughs> um, except the South Park movie. I uh, I went to see the South Park movie in the Czech Republic, and it was subtitled in Czech. So I don't read the subtitles, I'm trying to listen to the movie, but everybody else in the theater is reading the subtitles. And they're laughing hysterically, <laughs> and they got so loud and rowdy that I had trouble hearing the movie, because I, I was the only guy in there that needed to hear the movie. Right. They could all read the movie. And it was frustrating for me. It must have been annoying. <laughs> yeah, it kind of was. <laughs> uh, but most of the movies over there were dubbed into Czech, and so I couldn't go watch them anyways. Right. Boy, that was a long time ago, too. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they don't do it. Good Maybe times. they subtitle Good it now. Good times. I
1: remember I, went, I saw Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in Singapore, <clears> throat> and throat> I remember going to the theater and buying a ticket for it and sitting down and going... Oh, crap, I hope there's English subtitles. <laughs> you didn't think to check was in, this. it was in Mandarin, uh, like it was recorded in Mandarin, and uh-huh. uh, I didn't, uh, I had no idea. Luckily, English is an official language in Singapore, right. and there were English subtitles, okay. and I was, very, uh, I was very pleased with that. Good. It wouldn't have been quite as fun if you... I'm sure it's a beautiful movie. I'm sure I would have enjoyed it anyway, and I like the sound of Mandarin, so I'm sure it would have been great. I would have hadn't, wouldn't have had the faintest idea of what was going on, uh, but i think i'm sure i would have enjoyed it anyway you had a translator while you were there right uh not in singapore we were in shanghai we had a translator oh okay yeah because english is an official language of singapore so you can get by yeah pretty much everybody spoke english that we uh that we needed to talk to
0: oh good all righty well thanks uh kevin from the uk for pointing that out to us i'm really excited to check that out now and thanks to everyone who wrote in and uh let us know your thoughts.
1: And Justin, if you ever, uh, uh, when uh, we were over there, if you were uh, of the age that we performed in schools, it was called the Sphere Clown Band. If uh, let us know if you if you saw them or remember seeing them, either perform at your school or in a theater where uh, schools were brought in uh, to uh, to watch the performance. And there so it was a children's it was a children's act.
0: Cats out of the bag. So
1: Justin, let me know. I was the drummer.
0: The drummer in a clown band. Yeah. Everybody, good times. You, you should still ask him about that at Walker Stalker Con if yeah, you're going to be there. You probably should. <laughs> good times. We should propose to them a clown band panel. You can you can lead that sucker.
1: No, there's got to be other
0: clown bands um, out there. Yeah,
1: there's lots of uh, children's entertainment, and <laughs> but clown bands are a lot of work, right? Sure, there's a it's, lot of it's gear. the makeup and the gear and the yeah, it's uh, there's a lot easier things to do than clown bands, like two guys with keyboards. Uh, singing about uh, Pop-Tarts is uh, is a great, great thing. Don't diss clowns. They put a lot of effort into that. Yeah, there's a lot of work. <laughs> I'm sure it, it is. It really is.
0: I'm sure it is. Uh, all righty, that's going to wrap up our podcast for this week, everybody. If you want to get in touch with us to talk about the clown band or whatever else, <laughs> I highly recommend you give us a call on the ZOMB line, one 483 zomb That's one 483 zomb we are also on Twitter, at Talking Dead, and we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dead. Of course, you can always email us at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. So remember, everyone, Walker Stalker Con, November 1st to 3rd, 2013 in Atlanta, Georgia. We're going to be there. We're going to be doing panels. We're going to be shaking hands, kissing babies. I'm not kissing any babies. Offering free hugs, whatever you want, and we want to see you there. So come on down. Come on out. Come on in. Wherever you're coming from, get to the con. Come it's going on to be, over. It's over, whatever. It's going to be fantastic. Um, I'm super excited, and uh, we want to meet everybody we can. Right? You all want, the humans. You want to meet anybody? I want to meet all the humans. All the humans. Some of the dogs. Get dressed up, whatever. It's going to be great. I'm not wearing a costume, but maybe Jason will be a clown. I don't know. I will not. All righty. Uh, very good. Seems like work to me. <laughs> <laughs> well... Walking around or walking around as a clown. Yeah. It's you'd a lot have, of work. You'd have to be juggling, riding a unicycle. Um, I could do
1: that. That's no problem. Can
0: you do that anyway? Bring your juggling balls.
1: Yeah, I could. I, uh, yeah, I'll bring something. Bring the
0: juggling balls. Okay, here we go. Can I throw something out <laughs> there? This is getting there? a little large. No, no, no. Go no. ahead. Throw it out. Bring the juggling balls. If anybody in the audience at the panel yells out for Jason to juggle, will you do it? Yes. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> I'll even I'll bring clubs.
1: Really? Well, depending on they, the size of the room, the clubs might be uh, a little more visible from the back.
0: Maybe, but the clubs are a lot of lot to pack. Just some balls.
1: They're pretty light. All right, I'll bring just bring the balls. I'll bring the stage balls. How's that? They're nice. They're nice and big ones. We bought them in New York. Remember?
0: Yes, I do. All right. See, we went to a juggling store. You're not that far removed from being a clown after all.
1: No. <laughs> Everybody all right. needs stage balls.
0: That's all I gotta say. And on that note. We're going to end the show until next time. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thank you for listening. Bye.